All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 118 of the Rank Shrinks. What do you say? You ready to go? Let's go. All right, Mots. Uh, God, what a busy time of year. And not for us, but, you know, NHL hockey, a lot of action in the city this past week. Uh, how's everything going? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I was able... Uh... To get out on the golf course last week with our boy Andy Erickson. Nice kid. Yeah. That explains the sunburn on your forehead. Yeah, a couple site visits, you know, a little wind burn. But we got um, yeah, a beautiful day to play. It was uh Friday, had um, you know, it was like eighty seven degrees and yeah, it was a gorgeous day, yeah. Kicked it around a little bit and then uh over the weekend had uh baseball and lacrosse at the same school. Uh, Ryan was playing baseball, Rowan was playing lacrosse, and uh, able to go up there and at the Rivers School and like check out both games with court, and then kill two birds at one stone. That's always yeah, a bonus. It was nice. And then uh, Brooke had her first lacrosse game. You know, we've been throwing around in the backyard. I'm like, your your left is pretty good, but you got to work on the right. You know, and just work both sides and. Um, you know, so she was, it was especially really- being a lefty, she can fool people. If she starts off right because everybody's going to be thinking that she's a, you know, the dominant hand typically is righty in lacrosse. Yeah. I was, I was telling Cole when we were watching, I'm like, she's a weapon, you know, if she's a lefty, you know, just taking it to the cage. And, um, no, it was really good. I thought they did a really good job. The the ref was, I, I think, one of maybe one of the coaches or from the other team, but he was kind of teaching them along the way as well. Mm. Yep. So it was it was it was a good first uh exposure to the the game and she scored a few goals so she was pumped. Um so it was a, it was a, a busy weekend and the marathon Monday um didn't do much but uh, I know that you uh you're in the city uh kind yeah. of, a, kind yeah, of a, yeah. a zoo in there or what? Yeah, no, it was good. Uh, I'll, 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 I guess I'll get to that. We, uh, you know, same thing here. Busy. The, you know, the, the younger guys had the cross. Brian got. I don't know if I mentioned it last. Week, Brian got hit in the back of the head with a with a baseball in the cages. Somebody was hitting outside the cage off a tee, and there was a crew of them picking up balls from like in the in the cage, and like talk about just wrong place at the wrong time a ball like went through beamed him in the back of the head so he was on the shelf uh for the weekend so he didn't play any games but he's he's back to 100 percent feeling good but had some lacrosse games um the kids i've talked about it before actually um just liam now he's involved in this little dorchester street hockey league that these guys do a really good job at organizing and uh so we were down gavi park playing some some street hockey and, you know, fun there. And he also had the mayor's cup this week with it being school vacation. So getting out, running around, getting the, uh, getting the legs going, the hands going on the, on the street hockey court, which is a blast. And then um, the same thing. Yeah. Monday. I mean, talk about Monday. I was saying it. So Monday obviously was the marathon here in Boston. Uh, What a sports day. If you were able to, to kind of be in that, you know, college maybe just graduated got a couple bucks in your pocket like if you could hit the socks game pop outside now you got the marathon running by uh you know you're right in kenmore you walk down to the finish line and then like you parlay that into a mr dooley's trip right to the bruins game like that would be 
Yeah, like that's, that's something that 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 I mean that would be a Boston sports day and a half. Yeah, uh, that's to, an epic day. It, it, that would be an epic day. But I was there working. It was busy. I was kind of up on that um, just before Cleveland Circle, kind of like between BC and uh, and Cleveland Circle. So it was you know six a.m. seeing the college coeds kind of running around. I don't know if they were still up from the night before or they were waking up early because it was the marathon. And it was a little bit hectic, but things settled down. Um, Joanna and the kids, uh, actually Joanna and one of my kids and my, my mother-in-law and, uh, niece and nephew, they came over and were able to check it out. We had some, uh, family members who ran and also some friends. So it was uh, obviously a great day in the city. I wish it was a little bit nicer. Um, but it wasn't. So, you know, we, we deal with the elements that's Boston, but I, I do want to touch on, um, the, my wife's cousin, Ava O'Brien, who's a senior at Thea, she ran, she grew up with, uh, you know, went to school and everything with Martin Richards. And obviously it being the 10 year anniversary, her and a crew of her friends that they went to school with, uh, Jack Burke, another one, Gerald Cahill, who I know you've done some uh, hockey stuff with, and obviously play with you and, and, and Ryan and things like that. But a crew of them got to, together and they ran the, uh, the marathon. And there was an amazing uh, ESPN kind of short story, ESPN featured story running for Martin. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Like if it doesn't bring tears to your eyes, uh, it, you're, you're basically not a human being. Uh, but it was, it was amazing and really proud of those guys. Uh, you know, young kids, 18 year old kids, 18, 19 year old kids going out and running it. Obviously they teamed up with Martin's brother, Henry and, um, you know, they ran, obviously not everybody was going to stay together. Gerald Cahill, I think he, he did it in under four hours. He almost beat Chara. Um, but uh, a bunch of guys, like I said, a couple of guys I work with, obviously Chris Myers, he ended up running it, had a good time. And, uh, you know, I saw Big Z just lumbering uh, down Heartbreak Hill up, to, you know, heading in on, on his way into Cleveland Circle. So that was it was cool to, you know, you see so many different people running and, you know, the, the you know, the determination and the th the pain threshold that like you see some people uh you know, training for a marathon and you can speak on Chara better than anybody, but, uh, or a hell of a lot better than me, but like you put your body through some serious pain and you could see Chara just like, once he got his mind to it, uh, he's a freak of nature and, and banged it out, but really proud of all those guys. My wife's, um, cousin, um, Jenny Sacconi, she also ran and she had a really good time. So it was, it was, it's pretty cool to see a lot of, uh, you know, different people and, you know, they, they, put their mind on a goal and they go out and do it and accomplishment. And, you know, a lot of it, uh, you know, it being the 10 year um, anniversary of the Boston marathon bombing, like really proud of those guys and everything that they did. Uh, it is a great day. And, you know, you know, the route runs right along BC. So there's a lot of college students, you know, throughout the, the whole uh, marathon route, but you know, that heartbreak Hill is, uh, is just before BC. So, you know, we would always be out there encouraging people to keep running. And it was um, always a, a fun day. It's like a, you know, kind of a, a sign of spring is here as well. Right. And, um, and then we got on the ice and uh, shaped the youth and the, and the D camp. Um, we did, we did Monday night. So yeah, it was, it was pretty busy uh, weekend and got a uh, you know some stuff coming up this weekend as well so we got a uh, i got a bruins alumni game and uh gonna hop on the ice with a, you know, a few kids as well and you saw we're now uh we're recording this a day later than normal but you uh you took in the bruins game so that series is knotted up one-to-one -one. uh yeah 
Did you, you, you made it into the game last night, right? Yeah. So that, you know, the building was jumping early and yeah, I just feel that, um, did know. Chara bump you up from the flag wave a spot? <laughs> yeah. I thought that was supposed to be you. Yeah. Uh, next round. Next oh, okay. Round. Yeah. Right. yeah. It's like a lottery system, but, uh, <laughs> so they, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Florida just wanted it more last night. You know, yeah. they, they played a more desperate physical game, and it'd be interesting to see how Boston responds. Hopefully they can get Bergeron back. But um, they have, uh, you know, they were cut out for them because, you know, Florida's a good team. They were playing well down the stretch. And um, the goaltender lion there is, is, is an interesting story. And, you know, he's like a wild card as well. So Yeah, Leo the lion. Yeah. So we'll see how it shakes out, but yeah, it was it was a good time. I went in with some uh, people that I do some work with, and we had a, a really good time uh, in there. It's just like the atmosphere is just electric, though. Yeah, no, you can see it there. Obviously, the games, uh, all of the games have been pretty amazing, and you see the the toughness and different things that are, that are coming out on all these different teams, right? Some injuries, some big hits. I mean, it's playoff hockey. It's every night. Uh, these guys are buzzing, and and the. Um, atmosphere is electric at all these ranks and it's going to be interesting to see how things play out obviously you know hopefully our Bruins don't get upset we uh you know that they, they had such a great year and you always think the worst right just being a, a a Boston homer but you know I think they can uh they can fight through it and hopefully like you said they get Bergie back and and go from there yep absolutely um well i want to talk quick about uh you know it's that time of year we already talked about street hockey but uh franklin sports is the official street hockey partner of the national hockey league check out their line of official nhl street hockey games and training equipment at franklinsports.com today uh Mott's at school vacation week obviously now's the time to to get all this stuff you know yeah with the weather turning like we were talking about get outside work on the mittens you know there's uh, plenty of other stuff uh that Franklin Sports can provide, you know, the backyard. You know, we talk about not being a backyard loser and working on different skill sets. Um, make sure you check them out at franklinsports.com. Mots, I wanted to touch on the uh, USA, uh, you know, USA versus Canada, the World Championships. That took place. Uh, I didn't catch all of it, but I think it was – might have been Monday night. Was it Monday night when we got home from uh, – I think so. I, I think it was. I, we I got, got the in. end of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Must Hillary have been. Knight with the hat trick. Yes, in yeah, but that was uh, that was pretty cool, and obviously those guys, um, you know, I think Hillary Knight scored her hundredth point of mm -hmm. the uh, World Championship, so really cool to see the USA woman win and Megan Keller, Amanda, Amanda Kessel, um, Alex Carpenter. I mean, there's so many people with local ties to schools and and, and things like that. Uh, obviously, I've talked about competing against a lot of those girls before and in, in, in different kind of warm-up events, but really cool and, and good to see them uh, take, you know, knock off Canada, especially in their home country and take down the, uh, the world championships. Yeah, no, it was an intense game from when I, when I was watching the tail end and um, you know, they just kind of kept, kept pouring it on and to play in a hot building like that. And, and they play each other so many times too. It's oh like, yeah. You know, they're, you know, they just no, no tendencies and there's some real rivalries, you know, internally. And then, you know, just obviously with, between the two teams and countries, but uh, it was really great to see them come out on top and um, it was just great hockey. I mean, there's, you know, like we talk about it a lot, but physicality, that's how you're supposed to check. You know, this is what we're going to, I'm going to be doing uh, this weekend. Actually, my buddy asked me to do a little checking clinic with his, uh, his team. 
So, you know, just nice. separating players from pucks and that the high-end women's game is such a great example of that. So, you know, for you coaches out there that you can you can take some clips from it. Um we just kind of really point out the you know, the, the the details of the positioning, the skating, the angles and separation of puck um when kids start to check. Yeah, no, especially the way that the contact's been going in the game. I mean, you watch them uh, and the way they play and they defend with angling. And that's a lot of stuff that, that you know, we talk about. Um, and, you know, I we talked about it before the show a little bit, like that defensive positioning, having good gap control, uh, angles, like all that stuff, you know, not, you know, trying to obviously use the body, but not putting yourself in a bad position so that you end up on the wrong side of the puck. And, you know, next thing you know, your guy is the one that, gets a scoring opportunity and scores the goal or, or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. No, it's, if you break it down, like it's a very important skill set to, to, you know, obtain, but there's different parts of that that go into it. Right. And checking is checking, you know, like it's not just one thing. It's a, it is the skating, the angles, the stick and body position. And as you, you know, work through that and, you know, you can break it down, you know, skill set by skill set and do certain drills and it encourages confidence and absorbing contact as well as just as important as giving it out. So, you know, there's a lot that goes into it, but I think that women's game is so, it's such a great example of how to, how to check. And, uh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that with the kids uh, this weekend. No, big time. And uh, while we're talking about the wo- the women's game, obviously, uh, former best uh, former guest uh, Casey Bellamy, she just signed today with the uh, Connecticut Whale. Uh, that was cool to see that. Obviously, they're in the Premier Hockey League. She's worked in the past as a scout and player rela- uh, player relations uh, liaison. So it's uh, cool to see her kind of get back and play and she must have missed the game and and you know obviously we know how uh much of a competitor she is in, in our conversations and hanging out with her yeah no it's awesome you know especially when you play bago against her you know she <laughs> has, has a real uh you know competitive streak in her and you know, we wish her the best it's going to be great no, it's going to be great. Um, Mott, I, uh, we, you know, we were lucky to be joined by a couple of national champions. Uh, before we do uh, this interview with national champions, Jake Quillen and Colin Graff is brought to you by TSR Hockey, uh, located in tax-free Salem, New Hampshire, where you can stock up on all your equipment needs. TSR stocks team apparel from CCM and Bauer and does everything in-house, embroidering and printing, you name it. You can reach their team store at 603-912-5970. Ask for Mike or Dave. They'll take care of you. Uh, make sure you tell them the Rink Shrink sent you. Now's the time to give those guys a call. Talk about you know how they can get you looking fresh for next season. Upgrade this, upgrade the swag game. You name it, right? Those guys will take care of you. TSR Hockey is New England's premier hockey store and is obviously a proud sponsor of the Rink Shrinks. You can obviously visit them online as well, tsrhockey.com, and um, you know get all your shopping needs taken care of without actually having to visit the store. Yeah, make sure you give them a buzz, or if you're in the area, head up to Tax-Free Salem, New Hampshire. Uh, check out their website, tsrhockey.com, because that swag is is key for the kids now. You know They really enjoy that type of stuff, too. So. You know I like the swag, too. I much. know you do. You're a swag guy. I'm a big swag guy. Well, now it's time to, uh, you know, welcome in Jake and uh, and Colin, and uh, hope you guys enjoy the interview. 
All right, Mots, and our next guest on the Rink Shrinks podcast, we are joined by a couple national champions from the Quinnipiac Bobcats, Jake Quillen and Colin Graff. Welcome to the show, guys. How's it going? Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's awesome. Yeah, this is great. You know, I know, Colin, you grew up in the area, and it's great to have a, a, a fellow Maritimer on the uh, on the podcast. Yeah, my mother's from Cape Breton, Nova Scotia, uh, Jake. So, you know, good, yeah, good Maritime. people over there. Yeah. They're a little backwards sometimes, but you know it's uh, <laughs> it's always a great place to visit. Uh, I went up there a bunch as a, a kid, and I'm taking the family up there with my mom uh, this summer. So always nice in the summer. Good golf there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mott, I might have to tag along for the for the golf. Yeah, what was it like Cabot Links and uh, Cabot Cliffs back to back up there? That's oh yeah, I, I hear yeah. they're pretty nice. I haven't been yet, but. But, um, yeah, welcome to the podcast, boys. We really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Thank you. No, So, guys, just walk us through. Obviously, uh, we can get into the games and stuff, but what's the last week and a half or so been like uh, around campus? Obviously, you were down in Tampa for the Frozen Four, coming back victorious. Obviously, Jake, um, you know, you guys were, were both on the ice, but, Jake, you ultimately scored the game-winning goal, which, I mean, talk about the, the pinnacle of, uh, you know, college hockey and being the height of it, but – What's everything been like on campus? How's the vibes been, and uh, how high are you guys flying around town? Yeah, the, the vibes have been great. Um, you know, as soon as we got off the plane, you know, we got greeted by uh, people. Uh, we we took a bus right back to the rank. They had like a little ceremony for us there. Like thousands, thousands of people, thousands of people showed up uh, right in front of the rink. Uh, you know, we brought the trophy through the crowd. Um, you know, coach talked, a couple players talked. Uh, you know, it was, it was good uh, seeing the the fans as soon as we got off the bus. But I mean, the the week's been pretty pretty crazy. A lot of celebration. Um, this week we kind of we kind of cooled it down, but you know we're gonna ramp it back up uh, for this week. So <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. You are college kids. Yeah, love it. Yeah, getting back to campus must have been great. So what time did you get in? Um, I think we got in around four or five, maybe. Did you sp- did you st- come back right after the game, or you spend the night in Tampa? Oh no, we we spent the night uh, in Tampa. Okay, it was funny. Minnesota uh, like booked some booked some bar because um, they thought they were gonna <laughs> win. We end up taking their reservation once we. Uh, <laughs> once we- <laughs> that's great. Suck on that one, Gophers. <laughs> oh, that's so, great. Yeah. So now, um, Colin, you grew up, you know, in Massachusetts here, and. You talk about, you know, we'd like to hear both stories, you know, you know, um, Jake, you being from Canada as, uh, as well, but can you kind of walk us through like your early on, uh, you know, influences and kind of how you fell in love with the game? Yeah. You know, I think that neither of my parents played hockey. My mom just wanted me to learn how to skate when I was three, maybe four. And I remember, well, I don't remember, but I was told that I always looked at the other end of the ice and the kids were playing with sticks and pucks and I wanted to go down there. So it took me like a year to figure out how to skate, and eventually I uh, made the transition to hockey. And since it's like five years old, and I think that just growing up in Mass, obviously there's so many places to play. Like there's a lot of like hockey's huge in Massachusetts, whether it be the Bruins or college or anything like that. So it was really easy to fall in love with the sport and uh, see how far it could take me. That's great stuff. What about you, Jake? Uh, for me, I mean, I started real young uh, also, but my, my brother played hockey, so I kind of followed in his footsteps. Um, you know, just, you know, I, I, he would train me when I was younger. 
you know, take me on the ice, take me at the track, um, work me out. So, I mean, um, our relationship got really close playing, uh, playing hockey. He beat you, know, you up a little bit too along the way. Yeah. yeah. Did he stick you between the pipes? Yeah. He was hard on me a bit, but I mean, I think <laughs> it, it paid off. I mean, I a lot of tears back then, but I think, uh, I think now that I look back on it, it was a good, good experience, but. Um, my brother, my younger brother would say the same thing. Yeah. And I know Mott's older brother says the same thing about him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. A lot of muffled uh, tears and crying in my mitten, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, that's um, great. That's great. No, could keep, keep going. Sorry, Jake. I don't know. But I was going to say, like, I, I idolized, uh, you know, Sidney Crosby and Nathan McKinnon, Marshall. Those are all like home, uh, hometown guys. So, I mean, just watching them. Um, plan you know i fell in love with the game um yeah no that's great did uh jake i wanted to touch on that like obviously up there in in, in nova scotia like you have that canadian junior hockey influence and you being um a canadian and, and choosing the college route what was that like and i know you spent some time at the salisbury school so how did that all transpire like you coming down checking out prep schools and and then obviously going to the bc league and, and and playing uh going the college route versus the major junior yeah, so I mean, where I'm from, the college route is it's basically non-existent. Uh, there's only like a couple guys, like uh, Matt Steinberg, Ethan Phillips, that really went that college route. Um, but uh, part of the reason I went that is because my brother, he he actually went to prep school as well. He went to the Gunnery. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So um, he got drafted, but he didn't really like uh, where he went, and you know, I mean. You go to the you go to the, the queue when you're 16. You get buried in the lineup like you're done. Like you mm -hmm. got to sign a contract by the time you're 21. But you know you go to you go to college. You go to juniors. You you can play to 21 if you sign, if you go to a college. You know you got another four years. So I mean, there's just everyone everyone develops different times. So I mean, yeah. No, that's great. That's a great answer. And it's funny because we you know we get a lot of questions about that, especially in our mailbag episodes. And we do have, um, you know. There's a different path for everybody is kind of what we what we say. And I wanted to touch on that. Were you guys, both of you, um, you know, were you guys the kids that were like super studs when you were when you were, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13 or, or you know, all the way through? Or was it, you know, kind of a, a, a bumpy road at times? Like what was your path like to get to, you know, that Division One university? Uh, yeah, um, I think that I was pretty good growing up uh, and then right around 14, 13, 14, 15, I was really, I didn't grow. And I was a five foot, hundred pound freshman. So I didn't, I didn't make varsity, mm. but so that's why I, um, I decided to go do 16 junior Bruins. And so it took me two, three years until probably around midway through junior year into the, into the senior for me to get to the head I am now. And I think that like obviously like for people who grow early it's different but for people who like don't get discouraged if you're if you're smaller because you're going to get there eventually and it, it honestly could be better because i had to work on like being really like like using my head a lot and making sure that i'm not putting myself in bad situations because back in that time if i was in a bad spot there was just no way that i could make a play it's a great message colin yeah that's really great i mean we talk about hockey intellect and being able to absorb hits, but not putting yourself, you know, putting yourself in that position to be hurt. Um, and as a younger, as a younger, say smaller player, that's uh, something that you have to kind of do through necessity. And then as you get 
more confidence, you know, you put your work in off the ice and, um, you know, gain some strength and some size, then you can, you know, apply that to your game, but you also still have that processing, you know, capability, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, Jake, what was your like? Uh, well, for me, I mean, I wasn't bad growing up, um, you know, but I was, I was a small player, uh, probably up until, probably till like high school, honestly. Um, then it took me probably like three, two, three years to, to fully fill out. Um, probably in juniors I, I filled out, uh, it took me that long, but I mean, I think I kind of, I like what Colin said about, you know, being a small player. I mean, you, you, you develop so many skills, um, you know, along the way. I mean, even one, one that I, I think helped a lot is the smaller players. They learn how to like maneuver and it helps with like, um, you know, not getting injured as much, I would say. Like, you know how to like maneuver your body, um, you know, protect yourself a little more. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's just, there's so much window to develop. If you go the college route, um, you know, more time to get, let your body grow and better skills and stuff. So, yeah, I think that's important, you know, like that message both both of you uh kind of experienced, you know, just more awareness, right? You know, you're aware of, you know, who's on the ice, who's coming at you, and I think that's important even if you are developing at a a, a quicker rate than, you know, than most. You know, it's just one of those things that you absolutely had to do to survive, but also, you know, it's it's good to encourage that awareness because it's only going to make you a better player as you play more competitive hockey and as the, um, you know, the talent in the competition ratchets up. Yeah, absolutely. Can you guys talk about, you know, what you were doing in, you know, obviously your training and you're playing in your teams, whether it was, um, you know, full season midgets, things like that. But like, what else were you guys doing away from the rank to improve your games? Like once you hit that, you know, high school age, when you saw that, all right, like Colin, you gave the example, right? You're five feet, a hundred pounds, but like, you know, you could have very easily in my mind, like, and, 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 you know, we have these conversations a lot with people. It's like, you can get discouraged and just kind of like, up. Oh, maybe hockey's not my thing. I'm going to try something else. But like, you know, I'm interested to hear your guys. What else were you guys doing? Like what other, um, you know, was it, was it off ice? Was it, you know, just ripping pucks in the yard? Like, what you know, what was the, the training schedule like? Yeah. For me, I think that like, um, my parents got me a, a net and some, some like synthetic ice sheets, put it, put it in my basement and just me and my brother just became gamers, you know, just, you know, even if it was skipping, skipping homework, sometimes going down there, I wouldn't suggest that, but I got the homework. Done. <laughs> maybe, maybe looking back on, it, I should have done the schoolwork first, but you know, like after dinner, you know, you got nothing to do instead of, instead of playing video games, just going and shooting pucks. I think that, you know, I'm, looking like I'm not, I'm not a very good video game player. I can, I can do it, but I think that that's probably because I was shooting a lot of pucks as a kid. I think that something else would be like, especially like maybe a little bit before that, but taking some time away from the game. I think it's really important. I like I was um, played other sports in the summers, you know, take some time off, go be a kid, like do fun stuff, hang out with your friends, whether it be, like we still do that now. We're this week, you know, we're uh, we're getting outside. We're playing spike ball. We're playing volleyball as a team. We're doing handball. We're doing basketball. Like we're just we're just doing things other than hockey, you know, to try to mix in like other training, but also like keep it like like positive and make sure everyone's having fun with it. I, I guess they read the cue cards for the show, Mots. Huh? Jeez, these guys are on point right now. <laughs> yeah, on point, I love exactly. the uh, I love the the you know 
you and your brother became gamers and it's like you know when everybody listening thinks of gamers it's like you know with your thumbs doing that crap and you know <laughs> like, like that that's awesome awesome that is good stuff what about you jake back uh back home you and your brother like you mentioned you know, always out in the driveway you, you know you, you you working at the track and whatnot you saw some gains and you gained some confidence is that kind of was the path for you um yeah for well for me um i think it it all came uh comes down to the training uh like when i was a kid i felt like i always had to work like twice as hard as everybody just to just to be like a little bit better um i I wish i shot more pucks like i would i would shoot pucks um all the time realize i my shot wasn't getting better so i mean i would i I would put that focus into the into the gym i i I really didn't find shooting pucks would help a, a whole lot unless I unless I worked out and got stronger. Um, but it's probably something I wish I did a little more was shoot more pucks when I was younger. But I mean, uh, other than like working out, I mean, just getting outside, doing different activities, getting coordinate coordinated out there. Uh, you know, like road hockey, basketball, just doing all those fun things. Have fun with it. Um, you know, your body's getting in shape; it's getting better. You know, you're being outside, you're having fun with your friends, makes uh, life life more enjoyable. Hundred percent. Yeah, and you know, to your point, it gives the muscles that you use consistently in that repetitive motion, skating and playing, a break, and you work on your athleticism and have fun doing it. So that's yeah. one of the main messages that we try to stress here on the rank strengths. You know, for kids who are listening and parents, it's, you know, to to put the bag away and you know, be a kid like you said, Colin, and and just go out and have some fun and. And develop and don't be skills. a backyard loser like you yeah, should be able to play wiffle ball and and, yeah, and throw a spiral and yeah <laughs> exactly cases of kids who like were the best kid at like seven eight nine and just burn out and like like we still talk about it, like wow like like i wonder where those kids are like but like i obviously i can't speak for them but like maybe it's just because like they were too focused on hockey at that time yeah, then I can tell you one thing: they're not winning national championships. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Nobody is. No, that's that. Honestly, guys, great messages. Um, you know, I wanted to get into a little bit about you know, Colin. Obviously, you started your your college career at Union. Um, you know, what was that decision making like? And then, obviously, like, can you touch on that transfer portal? Like, what was it like going into it? Obviously, that's something that. You know, Mots and I, uh, when we played college hockey kind of back in the Stone Ages compared to you guys, but that wasn't a thing. You know what I mean? If you were to transfer schools, uh, you were sitting out a year and you only had your four years of eligibility and, and, and things like that. So it's changed so much, um, you know, in these last few years. So can you kind of touch on that and, and, and walk us through that that timeline and how it all went down? Yeah, you know, I wasn't really a, a highly recruited guy. Uh, as I said, I was small. Like, I was never drafted to the USHL or anything like that. But um, Rick Bennett was the head coach at Union when I committed. He was, I was yeah. fortunate enough to – he's a really good guy, I think. That Great guy. He, I was fortunate enough to, for him to offer me a spot. And for the first half of the year at Union, a lot, this, I guess two years ago now, um, it was great, you know, it was, it was good. And unfortunately, uh, in the middle of the year, he had to step down in about January and it was um, like the year was fine, but it was, there was just a lot of uncertainty with the direction that the program was and the, the team was going at the end of the year and going into the off season and going into multiple weeks after the season had ended. So like trying to like weigh like that along with like 
what was best for my hockey career. I decided to go in the portal. And for me, like the way the, the way the portal worked was like I had to like submit a form and uh, the compliance people put my name in and it was like 24 hours. And like when I officially went in, it was just any any coach could call you. So that week was that week was pretty hectic. And I think that looking back on it, obviously, I made the right decision. I think uh, Joe Dumay, the coach here at Quinnipiac, reached out to me and um, I thought it was a great fit. There was a lot of obviously a really strong winning culture, a lot of opportunity for me to, and I think they had confidence in what I could, could bring to the team. I, uh, I, I toured, I toured Quinnipiac last spring and, you know, I, um, I, I committed there. So I, I think that it's really, it's not like too complicated in the sense that it's basically just like another recruitment, I guess I would say it's pretty mm-hmm. simple. My first commitment or recruitment in the sense that, any team can reach out once you're in that portal and it's just, it's just on you to make a decision on what's best for you. That's good. Yeah. Now, as far as um, making that switch and coming to a, you know, a a new group, you know, as a, as a sophomore, you know, being able to get in and, you know, you guys are, you know, top line produced, you know, throughout the air, very consistent, you know, and, and you put up, you guys put up some great numbers and, and Jake, you, you made a really big jump, from freshman to sophomore year, can you can you talk about that? And like, it, it, was it one thing that kind of like you know, kind of a, a flip switched, or was it just a, you know playing with you know guys that you felt comfortable with, more opportunity? Can you talk about you know that jump from freshman to sophomore year? Yeah, I think it starts in the summer. Uh, I stayed back at school to work with our strength coach, uh, Coach B. Um, that helped me so much. I got stronger, faster better shot. Um, you know, I worked hard on the ice. My edges got better, my stick handling pass and all that. Um, but I mean, it also, also a lot of, uh, big guys left for us, uh, last year, like Wyatt, Bon Giovanni, uh, Oliver Chow. So, I mean, I wanted to step up, take a role like that. Uh, but then, you know, I got to play with great players like, uh, Graf and, uh, Sam Lipkin. So it worked out. No, that's great. That's great. Can you guys talk about the, um, you know, like the culture, the culture down at that, that Coach Pecknold's created at Quinnipiac? Obviously, um, you know, I think most of us have uh, have listened to his interview with our buddies over at Spit and Chicklets. Uh, you know, obviously some of the, the younger fans of our show, probably it being a little bit more of a rated off show, uh, didn't get a chance to listen to that, to that one. But, um, you know, such an impressive guy, obviously taking that, you know, he's been there now 29 years. Obviously when he started out, it was, you know, practicing at midnight and finding these odd hours. And, um, you know, I, I think his starting salary was like, you know, six or $8,000 or something. He was teaching an hour away as well. And, um, you know, just a, a, an impressive, hardworking um, story. And obviously to uh, turn the program into what it is today, but, you know, I just wanted to talk about that 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 culture that uh, has been created. You obviously talked about Coach Dumas as well, and um, you know, and, and everything you guys have going on there. Yeah, I think uh, I think the biggest thing for me was right off the bat. I um, I got there in July, and it gave me almost the two full months to get accustomed to the culture and the players and all the staff and all that. And I think that we were fortunate enough this year to have five fifth years return from Quinnipiac for the fifth years. You know, they were they had a lot of games played between them and they were really good at 
at leading and I think that showing people the way and also another big difference I noticed is like how much of a team we are like we like we obviously play together but like off the ice like we're all best friends like we're really just like we all want to like we hang out with each other like I think that's like a huge difference that I've noticed between other teams it's just like off the ice like we're all really good friends and I think that contributes a lot to our success anything to add to that Jake yeah, I mean, I think it all starts like we're all high character. You know, we, we love to learn. Um, you know, everyone's out there every day getting better. We grind in the gym. Um, everyone's pushing each other. I mean, if you if you go to our, our workouts, everyone's screaming, yelling, everyone's bringing the energy every day. It's like a game every day. Um, we, we practice like a game. Um, you know, it's just we're so we're so detailed in the way we do things. Like when I first got here at Quinnipiac, I was I was shocked of how like professional the the, the game review is the video sessions are like I, I would I would be surprised if it's like if it's better than some pro teams um, to be honest but I mean just the way we do things um, the way Ran uh, runs his teams the way uh, Joe does uh, video you know the way Corbs works with the uh, us on the ice with skills like it's it's professional yeah I think one more thing that I want to add is just. Obviously, last week we had off after the national championship, and this week we technically have off too. It's just optional workouts, but every guy's in there. We're all we all want to be there too. It's not like we're like, oh, like we have to go to the rink. Like we want to be, we want to be at the rink. We want to be working out. We want to be getting stronger. Like we want to, we want to win again. Plain and simple, we want to win the national championship again. We got a taste of it. Feels great. So trying to do it again. That's, yeah, that's great stuff. And you know, Coach Pecknola's, you know, the attention to detail you can see. You know, we kind of want to get into the, you know, the championship game here, but you can see how, you know, that attention to detail and playing the game correctly in all three zones proved to, you know, win you that national championship. And, you know, as we uh, kind of get into it here, um, you know, you guys are all over the ice, by the way. You got a ton of chances, you know, offensively. But, you know, I was impressed with a lot of the back pressure, you know, I played D, Bri played D. You know, your D can stand up better with confidence when you have that back pressure. So you guys did an unbelievable job in all three zones. And, um, you know, that's just like a a real, you know, feather on the cap to, you know, Coach Pecknold and how he has you playing in, in the buy-in, really, for you guys to all buy in together. And, you know, like you said, that, that culture of starting off the ice, you're a band of brothers, you enjoy being together and you play for one another. And uh, it was just really special to see. Yeah. I mean, um, we, we have a, we have a saying called uh, 40 for 40. I mean, it's, it's uh, you, you may back check 40 times, but the, the one time you don't uh, you'll, you'll give up a goal. I mean, we, we, we come back every hard every time, you know, we pride ourselves in, uh, in uh, locking up the D zone, but I mean, you know, we, we uh, we pounced on offense. I mean, it was such a blast playing in front of uh, nineteen thousand there. So, I mean, we just we, we wanted to put on a show. Um, you know, every every chance we or we heard our uh, line called. Uh, you know, we wanted to we wanted to make something happen. So that's not two forties taped to your hands. <laughs> yeah. a, we do that in the spring, though. <laughs> yeah, that's what we were doing, Mots. That's why we lost those national championships. <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's that that that's great stuff. Uh, and obviously, you can see it the way you you know your structure and everything really comes through. And ultimately, I, I you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, teams win championships, and I think that's the message. And and you know, I'd like you guys to to talk about that. Uh, you know, you 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 said it briefly. 
you know, with the senior leadership, but you, you had some older guys, some guys that are, you know, 98, 90, I mean, I think I saw a couple guys, kids on the ice um, in the, when you guys are celebrating the championship, you know what I mean? But you had some of those, those veteran guys, um, you know, around and, and I'm sure that that really, really, you know, came through at the end, just having those vo- experienced voices in the locker room. Oh, I yeah. think, well, especially going down 2-0 in the, you know, early in the game and, you know, you, you have these veteran guys that can kind of keep that level-headed message for, you know, the group. And, you know, you, th- you look at the two goals, it was, you know, a turnover and then lively bounce off the end boards. And, you know, what was the message from those guys, from the leaders and, you know, overall in the in the locker room uh, as you're down to nothing? Yeah, I think it I think it honestly starts like the whole frozen four. We were just really confident going in. I think we had a really good game plan for both Michigan and Minnesota, especially since we got a taste of the Big Ten with Ohio State two weeks before. So we were just really confident, especially in that Minnesota game, you know, after the first period, it was uh it was, they, they they had control of the puck for more, but we were still like we were still confident. We knew we could uh we can just make some adjustments and we can play better. And I think that they're even when they made it two nothing, like we knew, like, like it's only two goals. We had 30, 35 minutes or something. Like we knew we could come back. All we needed was one at a time, and then we got that. I think that first goal by by Kristoff Telly, I really like cemented that uh, that confidence in us. And even though it took almost thirty minutes to get the next one, I think that our our gameplay in those last thirty minutes really showed how we were confident. Yeah, that was a that was a great play by Metza to you know have the patience and the backhand pass, you know to get uh you know that first goal get you on the on the board and you know then you start building from there. But it was one of those uh, you know things that I could see that you know you you didn't you had pushback even when you were down, and those momentum swings you know happen in games you know throughout. But you guys continued to play the game correctly. Um, you know there were some chances both ways and. It was uh I was I was on the edge of my I was like pumped. You know, like I was <laughs> I was watching it with uh my buddy and my wife and just like such a Bobcats fan. Yeah, um yeah, it was it was exciting. Uh going back on your point about the 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 fifth years, um uh you know those the, those guys really started it off for us, you know. They they'll they'll live and die for this program. I mean Michael Lombardi, he would he would take a bullet for anyone on the team. Um, you know, we had, we had so much experience up and down the lineup, uh, from our back. I mean, Jacob Norquist, he, he's married. He's, you know, he's going to start his life right now. He, um, well, so I was right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that was his kid on the ice. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, those guys, those guys drove us, uh, drove us home. Um, you know, they, they push us, they, you know, they're, they're the leaders on the ice. No, that's great. And I think that, you know, it says a lot about the the program and the bond that you guys have. And you guys aren't even taking any credit for it. But, you know, we'll, we'll pump your ties. Obviously, Colin, um, you know, you, you you tied the game up late. And I, I want to touch on, you know, obviously, uh, Rand's kind of had a, a little bit of a history with pulling the goalie. Um, you know, like in our day, if you pulled the goalie with like more than a minute left, it was crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's like you're seeing this happened with what it was you know about four minutes left right three to, minutes to, yeah yeah three three and some change and you guys are up a up a man and um you know but is that something that 
you guys are really confident in? How often do you work on that type of stuff? Uh, you know, yeah, it was funny because we, we were thinking about it. We really only pulled the goalie one game the whole year before that. So yeah, we like, well, you only lost what four? So I guess that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, right? we didn't. We didn't. We actually didn't have much game uh, game practice, but we really we 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 practiced six on four a good amount, especially in the back half of the year, knowing that you know playoffs games are going to be close. So I think that at that timeout, it really wasn't it wasn't a question as to whether we we're going to pull it because we really. We knew that six on four, we get possession, it'd be way easier to try to score, even if it's just 30 seconds, than, than in six on five. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of it. Like, as, a, as an offensive guy, like, I think the more players we have out there, the more likely we are to score. So, looking, yeah. back, on that, looking back on that play, like, even like we, we lose the, like, if you look back on it, we lose the draw, but we have like, two extra guys, we get possession, and then it bounces out. And it's just an easy entry going right back in because they can't they can't guard all of us. And then if you look at Sam Lipkin and Brindamore and honestly DeYoung too, we got three guys at the net front compared to their one. So I'm just trying to I was honestly just trying to throw it there and see if good things had happened. And fortunately, uh, it went in the net, so it was good. No, that's great. Yeah. I was uh, texting with Blake Belfay. Uh, when that went in, and I know that you do a lot of work with him in the summer. He was my my college roommate back at BC, and right. um, yeah, he he talks you know very highly about your you know determination and work ethic, and you know during the summer like skill work, but you're 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 motivated to be the best you can be, and that's what we talk about a lot on this podcast that burning desire to be the best you can be, and you're. You guys are both around the puck all night. You guys have great chemistry, second efforts. Um, how many shots did you have on that? Did you guys even, I mean, like individually? Yeah, you were throwing sure. a ton of pucks at the net. Yeah, I don't think I ever uh, ever looked at the inside. Yeah, the game. no, I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> They've been busy since, Moss. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that was a great, um, you know, result, putting a puck to the net with traffic and, you know, squeaking through, you know, good celly, you know, pig pile. And, uh, you know, just can you talk about what was said in between, you know, the third period and uh, the start of overtime? Um, I mean, not much was said. Uh, we we kind of just went in the room. Uh, we were all smiling because, you know, we knew we knew we were out playing them. We were out shooting them 30, I don't even know, 30 to 15. I don't even know how many shots we had, 30-something. Um, but, I mean, we, we were just ready to attack, attack the next period. Um you know the boys. The boys were ready for it. So, yeah. And can, can you talk about that? Yeah, it was a set play off a you know a center ice face off. So, Colin, you pump it back to Zach, and you know Lipkin comes. He he won the face off pretty much, and, and just kind of stretches over the top. You know, it's a quick two on one, and you know the rest is history there with Jake going to the net. But Colin, were you, were you supposed to try and? Take the the D stepping up and the skip pass from from Zach, or could, could you just talk about kind of like how how that was drawn up? Yeah, yeah, no, that was that was the play. I think that was, you know against their one two two, or I guess they light they they go man on man off the draw. Their two wingers go out the centers on center. So I mean, I knew that their their lefty would come get me, and honestly, I've I've never seen it work as well as it did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honestly, I don't think we, that, that might have been our. That was definitely our first goal, but that was definitely our first, one of our, our best chances. It doesn't work that well five on zero in uh, in practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, Jay can talk about it. I mean, yeah, it's a it's a do. it's a play called uh, the Jet. Um, there's a couple variations of it. Uh, you know, uh, the the key is to win the draw, and then me and uh, Lipkin exchange, and then uh, Grafter sucks sucks the D back uh, to create that two on one. So, I mean, we we do we do it all the time in practice. Um, but, I mean, not as good as that. Yeah. Jay, can you, you talk the, to, yeah, yeah, the third assist, you know? Exactly. Exactly. That should be a thing, by the way. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> Jay, can you talk about the the I mean, first of all, the uh I don't know if you guys saw the replay much, but the the Minnesota guy just wiping out the ref was, yeah. was that was unbelievable. Um, but then uh, you know, the celebration, like obviously is a, a you know, a great pass. Uh obviously you bury and then you go absolutely bananas which is you know a great celebration but then you fire the stick in the in the crowd like where did that come from was that a little jack hughes-esque or like you uh, just weren't even thinking like uh, and did you ever get the stick back i saw there was an instagram post i think somebody michigan uh, kid yeah right? michigan kid he probably snapped it over a uh, a stop sign outside no uh we were working on we we're working on getting it back still uh i texted him uh, he, I don't know. He wants a lot. He wants like a signed stick, jersey, helmet, gloves, all that. <laughs> what? He wants like a full set of gear or something. Jesus, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Come on, dude. Yeah. Um, hey, he wants Quinnipiac stuff to wear around Michigan. I guess I don't know. He goes. I always like the hockey uniform, so I want pants and gloves. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. No, but the Sally, I. <laughs> the night before, I was, I was, I run through scenarios in my mind all the time of what it'd be like to score a goal like that. So I mean, uh, that that was running through my mind the day earlier, and it was, it's crazy that it, uh, I got the opportunity to do it. So, oh, that's unbelievable, awesome, awesome. Yeah, so good. It was such a good play, and you know, again, it was just, it was like textbook. You know exactly what you said. It doesn't work that great five one zero in practice and whatnot, but you guys. We're all on the same page. You know, everything worked out for a reason. And again, going back to that attention to detail and the reps that you guys put in on that, and to have it come through and execute uh, in the in the biggest stage at the the most important moment um, was really really cool to watch. I was I was thinking, you know, it was going to happen quick or it was going to go like three overtimes. So yeah, usually how it happens. Yeah, exactly. I think our fearless uh, leader, Jersey Shore, might have a question here. Jersey, you got something? I do. Boys, so I wanted to know, you know, you guys have a pretty exclusive uh, alumni group there between Connor Clifton, Matthew Pekka, Devontae's, and then you have Rod Brindamore's uh, son on the team as well. So were those guys reaching out to you during this run? Um, what did they say to you guys? How much were they in contact? And how much have you been in contact since winning the Natty? Yeah, they they were they were so proud. Uh, they actually they started to follow us back on Instagram finally. So <laughs> I didn't get the follow back. No, just just kidding. that's what it's all about, baby. That's what you're going for. Get the grandma. <laughs> no, but they're uh, they're so proud of us. Um, you know we you know they they're the ones who started uh, you know what we what we've been building here. So I mean it's it's all credit to them too. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that. Um, you know, they, they did a lot of the talking to the captains, the fifth years, those guys, and especially we um, in, our, in the ECAC tournament, our conference tournament, we uh, we lost in the semifinals, and that was 
that was honestly heartbreaking for our team and just you know we've had we've had some tough luck up there in Lake Placid recently so but I think Devontae's reached out to uh to our our team and sort of gave us the message that the tournament's still only four wins and like when you think about it that way and take it one game at a time, it really it's really not that hard to accomplish. And I think that, that really that really resonated with us along with the fact that we really we wanted to redeem ourselves after that that tough ECAC semifinal game. You bought you bought us dinner too in Tampa. So thank you. Oh that's nice. That's nice. How about Rod the Bot? Have you guys uh had much interaction with him? I mean obviously super impressive career and coach and I remember seeing him my brother was in the All Star game down in uh raleigh one year and and he just like walked by me and i was like you know i like hid in a corner i'm like i don't want this guy to like bump into me you know what i mean and throw me down a flight of stairs but just an impressive guy and obviously we've all heard the stories of how much of a hard worker he is but what's uh i guess you know what's your interaction been like with him and and obviously talk about his son uh skyler right that's his first name yeah um i personally never had an interaction with rod, uh, rod but uh, I think he, he he almost went to every uh, every uh, NCAA game, but I mean, uh, Brendamore, uh, well, Skyler, his son, uh, oh, he's such a great kid. Uh, you know, so humble. He's uh, he's a super hard worker in the gym. Uh, most shocker there. Yeah, uh, most most athletic kid you'll ever see. He, could, he has like a thousand inch vertical. Uh, so I'm I mean, yeah, I'm, I wish him uh, good luck in uh, the pros. Yeah, he was a, he was like a mismatch guy, and he could play in all situations, and really good on draws. Um, you know, again on your goal, Colin, like net front. You know, I, I originally thought he banged it in, but it squeaked through when you when you shot it. But he's there and taking up he's you know big body taking up some space, and I think he's going to have a good pro career. For sure, absolutely. Well, guys, we uh, we can't thank you enough for jumping on. If you can, just give that trophy a little lift for us, so we can get a nice shot of it uh but that's uh you know pretty cool obviously to uh to be able to win that and and go out this season on top and and you guys uh are we coming are we running this back again or what sure yeah <laughs> no we mean the championship or yeah back i mean the championship podcast next year after you win it again all right yeah you know we both um i guess me me q and lip all all had decisions to make after the year, whether it be returning or uh, or signing pro. And I think that it was uh, it was a it was a had to listen to all the calls last week. It was a pretty busy week, but I think that we all decided that it was best. I mean, I'll speak for myself here, but that it was best for development and for like obviously that's just a great place to be at Quinnipiac. I'd recommend it to everyone. I think that you just you know, I can't get enough of it, so decided to come back. I think that Q and Lip felt the same way. Yeah. And you guys actually, before we let you go, just talk about, um, you know, we were fortunate enough to, uh, you know, have Jerry Buckley represent us. And I know you guys have been talking to him quite a bit. And, and you know, he obviously helped put this together. But can you uh, just talk about, you know, Jerry Buckley and, and, and kind of what he has helped you guys with? Uh, yeah, he's been he's been so great. Uh, you know, he's, he's been working his ass off uh, for us. Uh, um, you know, he's been making calls every day. I'm uh, right now. I'm dealing with uh, some uh, medical things, and you know, he's helped me out through that. Uh, yeah, he's he's been great. You know, he's he's working hard for sure. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think that one one moment that really comes to mind is when is when I actually went in the portal. He he has that connection with 
with Rand and with a lot of his guys have gone to Quinnipiac. Obviously, him and Rand are friends. They, uh, their kids go to the same high school. So mm-hmm. I think that he he uh, he sort of he sort of let them know to give me a look, and it's been great ever since. So I couldn't thank him enough for that. Yeah, he, he's a great guy. He does a great job. He, you know, he's an honest person. He's he's good to deal with. You know, with you know management has some great relationships. So you guys are in great hands moving forward. And I, I want to ask, um, is that going to be the uh, a permanent ball marker on the uh, on the golf course? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think we're uh, we're going to golfing again as a team tomorrow. We'll cool. We'll bring it out there. Yeah. We'll, oh, that's we'll great stuff. Well, boys. We uh we we can't thank you enough again. Uh, this has been great. Congratulations on a great season, and uh, you know we hope you guys uh, can do it again next year. And and you know like we said, good luck in the off season. Get back to you know health and and go get it. Yeah, back thank to you. back Appreciate to back, it. and yeah, enjoy the uh, the fruits of the labor. You know, get out there and have some fun uh, before you have to dial it back in in the gym. Thank you, thank you for having us on. It's been awesome. All right, boys. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. That interview was brought to you by Sparks, the at-home or on-the-road skate shopping machine. Head on over to SparksHockey.com and use BYMOTS for $50 off your Sparks shopper. Sparks is the at-home skate shopping machine that will never fail. Sparks is the gift that keeps on giving for hockey players and parents. It's convenient easy to use, and it will save you money in the long run. With Sparks, you get an accurate sharpening every single time. Again, head over to SparksHockey.com and order your machine today. And make sure you use that BY, BY Mott, uh $50 off coupon code MOTS. I got to, you know, I was demoing a few of the drills the other night, and, you know, obviously it being Marathon Monday, like, I, you know, I failed to prepare, right? I went right <laughs> from the marathon right to the rink, and I'm like, dude, I should have buzzed the skates. I said it to you right there. I, know. I, I you know, you're doing I a did. great job at uh, demonstrating, though. Yeah, um, uh, well, I'm still trying to get better every day, every yeah. day, just trying to work on my skate. And you never know, uh, you know, that somebody might need a 50 year defenseman someday coming up. You know what I mean? I might, uh, I might have some eligibility left. Yeah, you might. <laughs> I wish, uh, but you know, obviously I want to thank Colin and Jake again, uh, for jumping on. Those guys were great. Obviously, you know, really enjoyed our conversation with them. You know, young guys, uh, love the, the, the Quinnipiac program and everything that they're doing down there. They touch on the culture and, um, you know, what they, you know, those guys going and winning a national championship was, uh, you know, they're flying high, obviously. Yeah, and no, it was great. They had some really good insight, you know. It was like like we almost, you know, teed them up with stuff before to say, but no. Unbelievable. Up, it really yeah, was. It really, you know, is it speaks volumes to, you know, the character of those two. And they talked about the culture that Ram Pecknoles has instilled uh, in that Quinnipiac locker room. Um, and they just, you know, you, you saw, you know, the results of a team pulling in the right direction you know, uh, attention to detail, playing the game correctly in all three zones, sacrificing for each other. And um, it was great to hear it from them. And two really good kids with bright futures uh, beyond college, but their their focus is to go back to back. And uh, they're ready to get back at work and put that off-season uh, training um, work in. And, and they have another goal to, to go back to back. So that's... Uh, Pretty cool stuff and, you know, really good kids, you know. And 
I know that uh, my buddy Blake Belfay can't speak highly enough about Colin Graf's work ethic in the summertime and you know his attention to being trying to be the best he can be every time he steps on the ice. Yeah, and it's interesting too, and we didn't really get into it, but both of those guys being, you know, a little bit of late bloomers, um, you know, not the high most highly touted kids coming out of high school and prep school, you know, that 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 age group, but they uh, you know, stayed with it, they worked, and now, you know, them being free agents, um, you know, they're working with Jerry Buckley, who uh, you know, had a lot with had a lot to do with getting those guys on the show for us. But you know, Jerry uh, obviously is a is an advisor, and you know, those guys have options, and and you know, they could sign with you know any team in the NHL. So you know, a lot of kids get frustrated. Oh, I wasn't drafted, or you know, I was, you know, I got looked over in the draft, and it's like you know, you go and you perform and you produce. Like good things are going to happen, and 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 you know, those guys are a prime example of that. Yeah, and that's. I think it was Jake that mentioned it. He's like, everyone develops at a different time. We've said that numerous times on this podcast, but they're perfect examples of it. You know, Colin was, you know, like five feet, 100 pounds as a freshman in high school and, you know, he's grown and continued to to work at his his game. And I really did appreciate them kind of being aware of, you know, what they needed to do to be successful as an undersized player and then building on that you know, foundation that they, you know, built because they had to be aware. They had to be protective, you know, of their of their body because they couldn't physically match up at times. Right. And I think that's that's benefiting them um very you know a lot now because they've they've put the work in, they've grown, they've matured, they've developed, you know, physically and with the skill sets. And um it was just really they're all over the puck. They're all over the ice that game. So it was Really cool to have them on and you know hear it from them. Yeah, a couple national champions. Uh, so once again, thank those guys. I, I want to touch on this. Uh, we we had a, a post this week, but I wanted to read it. Uh, this is from at Ray Petkow. Uh, I don't know if that's the right way of saying it, but you know we'll go with that. But show me the parents of a good young hockey player, and I'll tell you if pro hockey could be in their future. Witness a hockey dad angrily berate and get physical with his 10-year-old son last night at a spring game. Dad didn't realize dressing room was connected to ours with doors open. Have reported and will follow up. Uh, In my 20-plus year career as an NHL agent, I've seen way more kids ruined by overzealous parents alone alone than bad coaching. Not enough ice time and all other reasons imaginable combined. Don't try to coach them. Don't try to be their agent. Don't push them. Just be their supportive mom slash dad and let them have fun. Otherwise, you'll be the reason they don't reach their full potential. And it's like perfect timing because Colin and, and, and you know, Jake Bull talked about like, you know, that eight, nine, 10 year old kid, like they, they said it. They're like, where are they now? You know what I mean? Like, and maybe it was, this is the case. Maybe their parents pushed them too hard. Maybe that, you know, that the kids just, you know, they, they, they had too much of it at a young age and now they're burnt out and then like tapped out of it. But this is from, you know, an, an, an NHL agent and it's, you know, just perfect timing. Yeah, no, I think it, it hits on all the, the right points and to have uh, an experienced, you know, um, agent in the right. profession and, and seeing different sides of the 
the game and the business as as it, as it is now. Um, but just breaking it down to you know a ten you know seeing a ten year old kid getting berated by a parent is like all right enough's enough. That's like not even close to what should be happening. And you know you will be the reason that your kid gets burnt out or just has a lack of love for the game. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. All right, Mots. Now it's time for the my hockey rankings question of the week. Once again, um, you know we got to catch up with those guys soon. Obviously, myhockeyrankings.com. We'll see where your team stacked up. You know, versus the rest of the, the, at the end of the year here. Those guys have been a great supporter of ours. But here's the question: uh, My son is an 09 and was on a was on a top fifteen team this past year. Uh, he's a late birth year birth month uh so he's part of the group that is left behind if you will as some of the older kids are going to prep schools in the fall those kids leaving will have a big impact on the team there are two other teams in the area but way inconvenient drive-wise over an hour one way the coach of his current team is great and i think a great fit for him and he will provide my son great opportunities to develop i think so my question is as a seventh grader going into eighth as a late birth month, would it be more important to be on a top um, team for the exposure at the Bantam, Bantam major level for high school or remain with this current team with less exposure and a significant drop off in the rankings, thus probably taking away some games against top teams and exposure struggling here to go with the long drive and exposure or shorter drive and maybe some better playing opportunities. Thank you guys. Love the pod from the PA hockey dad. Yeah, so nine. really ties in the rankings to that thing, which yeah. is which is nice little shout out from myhockeyrankings.com. You know what? It, it's it is kind of a tough one. Um, I mean, if, if you can make the commitment to to drive and play on a top uh, a top level team, you know that, that would be probably most beneficial in the long run, but. Again, this you know at this time it, it really doesn't. I don't know. I don't think it's make or break. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get you're gonna get some touches and and you know have playing opportunities, shorter drive, better quality of you know better you know home life. I would say, but that commitment, if you want to make the commitment, and I mean, I think it's it's really you know a fifty fifty here, in my opinion. I, yeah, I think if he's developing and he has a good coach. Um, you know, you don't have to chase that long drive, but, um, I yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I, you know, in Mott's, I think we can, we can kind of banter a little bit more about this, but I think it's, um, it's hard to pass up on that opportunity where, you know, you're going to be getting a little bit more exposure. That would be my first thought. The only other thing is, is, you know, PA hockey dad doesn't really mention the coaching for the other teams. Yeah. Right. So, if you're with a coach that you really trust and like, and you feel that he is no matter what going to, you know, kind of have your back and, and, and put you in good situations and get that, you know, help get you that exposure. You know, obviously, you know, the, you got to weigh that option as well, right? Maybe the guy, the guy on the other team isn't going to be as helpful and things like that. So you really got to go with your gut on that one. Um, you know, I will say this, that, you, you know, if you're, 
a lot of the better competition and a lot of those tournaments they do, they go off of the rankings and things like that. But again, like we talked to our guests this week about it, like it's got to happen organically and it's got to, you know, everybody develops a little bit at, at, at different times. So, you know, you, you don't, necessarily have to really really chase it especially if you're in a a pretty good spot um so it is it's a jump ball uh it's it's not an easy decision you know it's a quality of life thing uh you know ultimately obviously you want to get as much exposure for your guy as possible so it's a tough one like we're you know i'm a little bit stumped i think we could talk about this quite a bit yeah i mean i i don't think you can like really go wrong wrong you know either way which is a good thing yeah i think you're in a good position to make a decision but um i don't know i i, I would like to hear what what you do decide pa dad yeah, PA yeah i'd like to dad. hear i'd like to hear what you know where you end up and then you know even uh what the situation is going to be and and then you know let's recap this next next spring yeah right cool. like like yeah. see Circle you know back. like you said Mots, it's it it's definitely it's good to have a couple different options. Uh, obviously, you, you're going to want to play and you know make sure that that exposure is coming in if you do want to get to that prep school route and or, or you know the, go down that prep school path or the, you know no matter what the next step is, right? Right. No, yeah. I mean you just you kind of just put all the uh, information out there on the table and, and try to make the best one. But I think you're in a good position either way. You know, it just really kind of what what suits the family best in your right. player. Yeah, no, definitely. Once again, thanks to uh PA Hockey Dad for the for the question. Uh you know, my hockey rankings question of the week. We really appreciate that and the interaction and obviously all the work at myhockeyrankings.com that Neil and Ian those guys do, that team, they they do a heck of a job. Mots before we wrap here, obviously next week we'll be into the mailbag. So make sure you hit us up, ringstrings at gmail.com obviously on all our social channels uh, and then three, four, seven, six shrink three, four, seven, six, seven, four, seven, four, six, five. We, uh, we appreciate you guys interacting with us and coming up with questions. I did, uh, you know, we, we, we kind of had a tough week here uh, and I wanted to end this show on, uh, on, you know, on, on a little bit of a sad note, uh, you know, for the past se- five seasons uh, I've had the pleasure of coaching Jack Funk um, and uh, his father, Paul, who was, you know, a coach, an educator, uh, you know, a high school football coach, high school hockey coach, high school baseball coach. Um, You know, he passed away way too young, um, you know, tragically, um, you know, of a heart attack this past weekend. And, you know, I wanted to send my condolences to the to the Funk family there. uh, You know, like I said, uh, Jack's, uh, you know, he's he's never afraid of the microphone. He's always the guy that grabs the phone and says, hey, Coach Andal, let's do, uh, you know, some funny recaps in the locker room that, you know, you see posted online and stuff like that. So very sad to, uh, you know, to, 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 you know, learn of the, the, the passing of Paul this weekend. Obviously, he's a Duxbury guy as well, Mott, and I know he was going to be taking over as the principal at Duxbury High School next year where you live. And, you know, just very sad. A lot of people, uh, you know, have been reaching out, and, and there's a GoFundMe page that's been set up, and, and I know a lot of people have already donated. And, you know, this is what makes the hockey community great is, uh, you know, that, that you know, everybody coming together and, and helping, um, you know, this family through a, a very, very difficult time. Yeah, Paul was um, <clears throat> my my sister Charlene and Paul worked together down at Dennis Yarmouth. 
Yeah. And uh, she had so many great things to say about him. And I, I was able to meet him around town and also down in Tampa when I went down to watch you guys uh, in that tournament. Just a really, uh, a really big loss, big blow to the community. Um, he was going to, you know, he was, he was slotted to be the principal, like you said, at Duxbury. And people were really excited about that to have, you know, a seasoned educator and, you know, athletic um, kind of background to be the principal. Um, so we uh, we do send our condolences out. Um, Jack is, you know, really close with uh, my, my nephew and, yep. um, you know, friends with my my daughter as well and you know we just wish them the best uh my other daughter works with their daughter at the rank so um just a very tough time um you know and and the condolences do do go out to uh the funk family and you know again the hockey community does rally around you know difficult times like this and that's the strength of the uh, of the hockey community so yeah tough, it's gonna tough. be it's gonna be sad not um you know this year was is going to be a little bit different in terms of teams and things like that, but it's going to be, uh, you know, I always knew to look in the corner of the rink and, you know, you see Paul and a few of the other dads always watching and, you know, walking from end to end with whatever way we're shooting in the offensive zone. And, uh, you know, it's, it's sad that, uh, you know, we're never going to be crossing paths again. And just a true, you know, a, a proud dad, um, you know, two two daughters and a son. And, um, you know, just, just very difficult, uh, very difficult time. So obviously we'd like to dedicate the show to the to the Funk family. And we'll make sure to, um, you know, to get that GoFundMe page and everything out. I, you know, a lot of people have generously do- donated already, but they're going to need the support. Um, you know, I couldn't imagine going through something like this and, you know, whatever Jack needs, um, you know, we're going to be here uh, for him. Mots, I know, I know you feel the same way. You've gotten to know Jack as well. And he's such a good kid and good little athlete and good hockey player. And, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, unfortunately uh, with, you know, my, one of my best friends, Andy O'Connor, his father, Paul, um, you know, passed away this past weekend as well, which was, uh, you know, another sad and another life uh, gone too soon. And great guy. We called him the captain. He used to take us out on his boat and, you know, it's my rules on the boat, you know what I mean? So, so many good memories and, uh, you know, a a house that I basically grew up in and raiding the cabinets and, you know, they had the pool in the backyard and, uh, you know, my father has has worked with uh, Paul and Andy for, for a number of years and, you know, just another, uh, you know, very sad news over the past weekend. And then Paul Galvin as well, um, you know, who is obviously, if you grew up in the in the Massachusetts area and Mott's, you know, Paul drove the Zamboni at BC and, you know, painted all the, you know, I can remember as a young kid, he was the guy and my father would, you know, be painting the ice at UMass Boston and BC and, you know, every rink in the, in the area and just, you know, tough loss, uh, tough losses this past week. That's for sure. Yeah, three Pauls. Yeah, I know. I didn't even. <laughs> now that I say the names, like I didn't put that together. But yeah, but oh. Paul Galvin was a great was a great guy. Um, ran the uh, the Connie Forum. Always had, took pride in his his job. You know, from the the painting of the lines to the the quality of the ice. And funny story. Um, I was a freshman at BC and. You know, just chatting them up or whatever. And Chris Rock, I didn't have a ticket. You know, Chris Rock was performing at Connie. He's like, "Yeah, Moss, just come in the back door." 
So I just go over there. You know, I'm knocking, and you know, this cop kind of opens the door, and uh, I was like, uh, "Yeah, uh, Paul. Pa- Paul said I could uh, come in here." And he starts shutting the door, so I I opened it, and he's like, "Oh, give me your ID." I, and he's like, "I go, I don't have it. Whatever." And he throws me up against the wall, pulls my my wallet out of my pants, and and he's like, "Hey, Paul." You know, he might be he might be telling you, you know, you can come in here, but not when we have Chris Rock and we need to do some security here. So then Paul uh, comes back. What do you think uh, you were Will Smith charging the uh, the back door or something? I don't Jesus. know what was going on. I just I thought, it, you know, Paul was going to be there to let me in. So he he apologized to me, and then he got me and the cop together to, you know, kind of smooth things out. <laughs> That was him, though. He knew that back door. I mean, I, I think if you lived anywhere in the, uh, you know, in the city or anything, I, you you know, when you were at BC or when I was playing there and my father, like, oh, yeah, Paul will get him in, you know, yeah. like that, that, that type of guy. One of the best. And uh, he will be he will be missed. And uh, a big loss again from uh, for the hockey community. He put in so much time and energy and effort into what his craft was. And um, we wish the best for his family. Yeah, no, well, obviously tough way to uh, to end the show, but, you know, we really wanted to uh, dedicate these things to, um, you know, Paul Funk, Paul O'Connor, and Paul Galvin. Uh, you know, life's gone too soon, and, and um, you know, it's just a, a sad way to end the show, but, um, you know, I, I think it's uh, time to do so, and, and you know, we, we, we can't thank um, Colin Graff and Jake Quinlan for, for coming on. Uh, these guys were, were, you know, being uh, – co-eds in, in in college right and and taking the time to chat with us knuckleheads was uh was really appreciated and uh you know i think people learned a lot from those interviews yeah no great kids yeah again bright futures and appreciate them taking the time with the trophy and uh they said they're gonna be golfing again tomorrow so you know use it as a ball mark uh, <laughs> probably get some footage of that absolutely all right jersey i think it's time to cue the rink shrink shuffle